Good morning. Welcome to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Aberly. Special guest in the studio with me today, the swap shop man himself, Ron McNeil. Ron, welcome to my show, Life on Edit. <laughs> yeah, thank you for inviting me. I feel uh, honored. Thank God, you very We've known much. each other all these years. We've never actually done a show together. Yeah. I've sat with you a couple times, though, on the swap shop back in the you, day. You did. Had a great time. Today, we're going to be talking about men's health. In particular, men over 40, myself at 45. Uh, Ron, what are you now, Ron? I will be 77 in about 77. Four Trust months. me, the man does not look it. And we have brought in the expert. I have brought in a person that we had on a few months ago, Clarence Bass. He has written the book, Take Charge Fitness at the Edge of Science. <laughs> Clarence is in his mid 70s. He achieved 2.4% body fat in August of 1977. Just an incredible feat to be done and has kept himself in shape like you can't believe. So I'm going to be talking with my fathers today of health. Ron. <laughs> Ron's here. Clarence, welcome on. Great to be back. Thanks. Uh, no problem. with Ron, too. Oh, Thank you. I had to bring Ron in for this one. Ron read your book. When I was finished with it, I passed it on to him because I've known Ron now about seven or eight years. Yeah. And he's, mm-hmm. still, he's still very much in the bodybuilding uh keeps himself healthy mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Ron, for yourself, why? Why is the lifestyle of, of working out, in particular with the weights, so important to you? Well, I, I just think uh, resistance training is is for everyone, regardless of age, young uh, or old. And I just think it keeps you healthy, uh, building muscle mass. And I know Clarence can probably uh, elaborate on that much, much more. His his knowledge has probably dwarfed mine. But uh, I just believe in it, and I've believed in it for years. Unfortunately, Clarence, and you can understand this too, uh, for years I was doing the wrong things. So was I. Yeah, doing a lot. <laughs> I mean, spent years doing everything wrong, and then after uh, a couple of hernias and knee operations, I said, you know what, I've got to modify and change this whole uh, this whole uh, training uh, because I was paying attention to guys, uh, articles written by real, real heavyweight bodybuilders who were on steroids, yep. and I did not want any part of that. Anyway, Clarence, uh, nice to have you aboard. Well, thank you. I'm good to be here. Clarence, what happens to men now as we get into our 40s and older? Uh, you know, I, I see a couple different types. I see the men that kept themselves in shape. Uh, and then somewhere in their 30s, late 30s, they kind of went away from everything because of work and family obligations. Then are the ones that have always done it. Uh, it's a lifestyle to us, yourself, Ron, mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones that 40s have hit, blood pressure's there, a little cholesterol problem. Maybe uh, they're not uh, taking care of business there in the bedroom and a little bit of concerns. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to play catch up and get into the lifestyle. Clarence, what do you see more of, uh, the the people that are coming lately, you know, more later into the process? Oh, I think there, there, there is more interest now, and there's certainly more knowledge. That the medical community has proven the benefits, but I think still more people than not kind of drift away when they get to be 40 or 50, and really that's the time when it's important to do something about it, because that's when... The major decline starts, particularly mm-hmm. with your fast twitch muscle fibers, right. which is where the the resistance training comes in. But they they will read, and the doctors will tell them to do it. And I think the 
large experience way too often is that even if, if the doctor tells them, if you don't do this, you're going to die, that they still don't do it. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, it really it? is, because the wake-up call is there, and uh, so many symptoms begin to creep into your life, and, uh, and it, can be, it can be reversed. It can be reversed. Cl- Clarence, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, let's hypothetically take someone in their late 50s, let's say, and they've led a fairly sedentary life, maybe a little bit of activity, but nothing that makes any difference. What would be your best advice for someone like that? Well, the first thing I tell them that they have the advantage of having a, what I call a virgin body. That, that there's been no exercise, and, and their body, even at that age, will respond amazingly well. Mm-hmm. That they're going to see the benefits right away. But I would, of course, tell them to start slowly uh, and then build up because it's continuing to do it that really counts, not just getting a big head of steam and then falling flat and mm-hmm. going back to what you're doing before. Mm-hmm. Walking is always a good place to start and depends on the person. Um, but the biggest caution is, and you know, don't get in too big a hurry, you got your whole life to do this and there's just many, many different steps along the way and I think ideally you should continue to try to improve in some way or other no matter how old you are. It's been my experience that 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 you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, have you competed, Clarence, in bodybuilding at all? No, I, I stopped competing in my forties, but I, I I never stopped competing with myself. Well, I mean, uh, in, you know, on a, on a professional scale, uh, I'm talking about uh, actual bodybuilding with a with the bodybuilding federation. No, I stopped. I, stopped. I, I won my class in the past 40, okay. Mr. America. I won my class in the past 40, Mr. USA, and I won the most muscular. So okay, that's what I, I really to bring had out. no place to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really that. pretty much was the end of that one. Well, Clarence, let me ask you then, um, you know, there's always the debate. Is it weight training versus aerobics? Is there a combination of the two? I personally like to hit the weights but do it at a speed where maybe I'm resting 45 seconds to 60 seconds between sets, trying to keep a fast clip, and then I do some uh, power walking or power sprinting uh, as part of my aerobic part of it. What is the better way, or is it just a combination of both as we get older? Well, one of the breakthrough developments and one of the reasons why I wrote Take Charge is because we're finding that there's many ways to do it, many ways towards total fitness. So a person can look for the type of thing that they enjoy and the type of thing that suits their body. Some people are more geared right. to endurance training, mm-hmm. others for strength. Most people are pretty much right down the middle. I think if you just had to pick one way, I would say you should be doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly, it's intensity that counts both mm-hmm. for weights and for aerobics. And people don't get that. That's new. You think, well, endurance training and you got it's got to be long drawn out well it doesn't have to be that and, and it's the intensity and that's what people they forget and they don't do that as they go on they just try to do more and more and longer and longer and it ends up just breaking their body down but but the answer is there's there's no one right away well, yeah, Ron, it, well, well, Ron, for you, what do you, you basically right. weights now, Ron? No, I'll give you combo? an idea. I'll give you an idea of what yeah. my schedule is, mm-hmm. and I work out uh, seven days a week, but I don't do heavy work seven days a week. I understand the body has to rest yes. at least forty-eight hours. So let's say 
will take uh, chest, for example, and it will be uh, chest, back, and I think uh, chest, back, and I'm, I, I think arms. Okay, let's just take that for triceps, okay? Um, this is my philosophy, uh, Clarence, and I've uh, read about this and I've analyzed it as far as it applies to me, is doing uh, free weights first, let's say barbell first, and then dumbbell and then machine in that order. Now, let's say I'm going to do chest, so I'll do an incline uh, press. I'll do one set of warm-up. Then the next set I do, I will do close to failure, and that's it. That's my set there. Then I will move to dumbbell with the same thing. One set, uh, maybe a flat bench or an incline, one set of the dumbbell press, and then one set to almost failure. Then I'll go to a machine, a Nautilus machine, and do a press, a chest press all the way to failure. I'll take that to failure. I will, I'm not going to do as many reps. Maybe I'm not going to do the 12 to 15 because as, as, as you go from one to the next one, your, your muscles are tired. You want to keep them as fatigued as possible. Going to the next exercise, it's going to be lower reps. By the time I get to the third in that set of chest exercises, I'm going to be at a, at a little heavier weight but lower reps, but I'm going to take it to failure. Then there's about a two-minute rest or so Well, I'll then go to back. Okay. Basically the same thing with the barbell, the dumbbell, the machine. The next thing with the triceps, the barbell, the dumbbell, the machine, in that order because uh, you bring into play the ancillary muscles when you are doing the, dump, the uh, barbell and the dumbbell uh, free weights. Clarence, are you on the same page with me on that? Uh, well, one thing where you're... You're, you're ahead. Uh, most people, if you go to go to the gym and just look around, most people think they have to do six sets, five sets for each exercise. Yeah, well, I used to do that, and Maybe then five, I just, five, yeah. yep. five exercises for each right each body part, and and that's just not right. right. Some of the guys that the professional bodybuilders they're doing it that way, but that's from my standpoint. What you're saying is much better. Oh, you're absolutely. doing more more exercises than I'm doing, mm-hmm. but but. You don't need to do all the sets, and I do a, a warm up with my first exercise. But after that, I just I don't do warm up at all. I just do the set. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And That's, I, okay. I do do it near. But the key is the last few reps. There got to be some effort there. Yes. Yeah. Take it to failure. And I, the other thing I do differently than you is I train my whole body together. I think that's more efficient. And I used to do that. So like, like Arthur yeah. Jones said, try try sleeping or eating for one part of your body. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, see, it depends on the person. I did that uh, the whole body exercise for a while, and I loved the Nautilus equipment, and I thought that was uh, the greatest uh, innovation that ever came into bodybuilding. Uh, but then I got away from that, and I wanted to rest longer. So I wanted about seven days between uh, body part. So if I do the chest, then the very the next day, Clarence, I'm going to do a light uh, rest day, which would be bike uh, for about uh, two miles at 10 minutes, and then I will do uh, some ab work, and then I will either do calves or forearm or something of that uh, nature. Then the next day... From the chest, I'm now going to go probably to either shoulders or to legs. Uh, and then do, you, you see, so by the time I get back to chest again, it's rested at least five days. 
at least I, I, five I'm, years. I'm not criticizing you at all. I, I think no, I know you're not. That's a fine way that, that appeals to you. You enjoy that. Oh, I love it, yeah. And you, people, what they're going to do is what makes sense to them. Right, exactly. So it's not what makes sense to me. Right. And that there are, you know, some outer limits, but still within some reasonable range. Uh, the, the type of thing that you, that that's suiting you, fits your your time schedule, and, and that you enjoy, that's what you ought to do. Well, I've discovered that uh, doing that regimen prepared me better for competition. And uh, I'm not competing as much as I used to. Uh, I would like to do something this year in November, but we'll see. And uh, I, I think uh, this, this, this regimen is something that I came up with myself after a lot of trial and error, and it works for me. Ron, I like it. I like it. And what we're going to do when we flip back from the commercial, I'm going to okay. go a little bit more into that because I think we agree on the basic principles and then being an individual comes into how it's going to work for and you. The competition yeah. is a great motivator. Oh, there you it? go. Oh, it is. You're listening yeah. to Life on Ed and your host, John Aberley. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass, Ron McNeil. We are talking bodybuilding, exercising, the lifestyle over 40. We'll be right back. My name is Nicole Zell, and I'm the new host of Soundstage. Every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m., we'll be featuring local musicians and upcoming artists. That's Soundstage, every Thursday, 4 to 5 p.m., with me, Nicole Zell, on WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. If you had the opportunity, would you open your home to someone in need? NHS Chester County is looking for people who have time, compassion, and commitment to include someone with intellectual and developmental disabilities as a member of their family. Becoming a life-sharing partner isn't for everyone, but for the right family or individual, it can be an enriching and rewarding experience. Opening your home to an individual with IDD benefits both the family and individual as they share their lives together. A trained life-sharing coordinator works with families, individuals, and teams to assist with a range of resources and supports to facilitate a successful and enduring relationship for both the family and the individual. A monthly stipend is provided for anyone who becomes a life-sharing partner. NHS Human Services has a rich tradition of over 40 years serving more than 50,000 consumers to become more self-sufficient and fulfilled in their everyday lives. If you are interested in receiving more information about becoming a life-sharing provider, please contact Rebecca McFall at 610-384-5521, extension 119, or McFall at nhsonline.org. Become a life-sharing provider, and the life you enrich may be yours. As Internet technology advances, so does the threat of cybercrime. In times like these, we must protect ourselves from cybercrime. Antivirus software, firewalls, and security patches are just the beginning. Never open suspicious emails and only navigate to trusted sites. Protect your child by installing parental control software and monitoring their computer use. To learn more about cybercrime, visit ncpc.org or contact your local law enforcement agency. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm gold medal gymnast Nasty Lucan, and you're listening to WCHE 1520 AM. Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Abrilgay. My special guest is Clarence Bass. We have brought him back. He has written the book, uh, fitness on the edge of science. It is an easy find, an easy read. You will learn a lot. My other special guest is Ron McNeil, Mr. Swap Shop himself, 
also into the bodybuilding game since the day he was probably born. <laughs> so it's all part of us here. Clarence, can you tell us where we can get a copy of your book, please, and uh, some of the things that we can find on your website? Probably the easiest place to get it is on Amazon. <clears throat> the book is offered on Amazon all over the world. Just hit books and type in Take Charge, and my name will come up and go from there. Probably our greatest number of sales are from Amazon, but you can also buy the book directly from us. That means you can maybe get an autograph and get out a little bit sooner, even though Amazon is very quick. Mm -hmm. uh, our email address is C, standing for Clarence, cbass.com. When that comes up, you'll find information about the book right there in the, in the first frame. Um, and you can either call us or, or fax us. Now, you've written nine books, is that correct, Clarence? Ten. Ten books now. Wow. So Take Charge is not the latest, or it is the latest? Take Charge is number ten. That is number ten. So you have nine other health and fitness books. Wow. Well, Clarence was on the cutting edge back in the day with the RIP series, getting his body fat down you know, to as low mm -hmm. as it had gotten, mm -hmm. and getting mm -hmm. himself shredded the mm -hmm. way he did. Mm -hmm. Just outright incredible Considering the time period, too, I don't think we obviously didn't know as much then as we know now. Right. And that's what I was right. going to say before we took the break. I think Ron, myself, and Clarence can all agree you're going to be an individual when it comes to your workouts. It's what suits you, what you feel comfortable with. You mix right. it up. But I think we all do agree on the basics now, what we've learned over mm -hmm. the years. Shorter, intense, mm -hmm. not overtraining, mm -hmm. getting in, getting out, and doing a full body you know, either during the week or during a full workout. Something keeps you going. Yeah, That's do, do something. Key. That's the idea, sure. Um, Absolutely. Let's kind of run through a list here since we're talking about men over 40 and, and the health. Um, we have a young woman here, uh, Bryn's clicking in. What, 24 now, Bryn, my producer? Almost 25. Almost 25. Bryn works out. Bryn's in the gym. She started working out within the last year, and I can tell you I've seen the changes in her body. Let me tell you something, Clarence. This young woman's taken to the weight game and taken to the aerobics game mm -hmm. has radically changed her body type. I have a run coming up next month. Or, no, but next week, I mean. See, Good. we're all there. Good. But let's talk about some of this stuff that really affect men. First, let's start off with high blood pressure. Now, high blood pressure, I think, is, is still considered anything over 120 over 80. And high blood pressure brings a host of major problems, but one of them being possibly could cause erectile dysfunction. Every man's nightmare, I know it's my nightmare, something that, uh, you know, if we take care of ourselves, we can probably push back and mm -hmm. keep pushing back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Clarence, what do you see with high blood pressure? If, let's say it's genetic. What can be done? Can we push back genetics? Can we fight them? Oh, absolutely. I think most doctors will tell you that that high blood pressure is basically a lifestyle disease, uh, that it can be controlled with diet and getting your weight down and exercising on a regular basis. That'll take care of it for most people. And then if that doesn't, there are, med there are much more advanced medicines now than ever before. But erectile dysfunction is primarily a blood flow problem. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, if you have that problem, you probably have a lot of other problems. So we you're don't looking tell you at, about yeah. that on the ads on TV. Well, if you're if you're having a blood flow problem like that, blood, blood flow problem like that, you're dealing with. You're right. The body's not getting the oxygen and the nutrients to where it needs to be. 
Now, I worry about the genetic component as well in cholesterol. Really, Clarence, how important are the cholesterol numbers? I mean, are they overblown by the media, by the hype to sell cholesterol drugs, or are really those the numbers we should be shooting for? Well, I think those are important numbers because you can control that with, with diet and exercise. And then if you can't, <clears throat> something like, if, if, if you're doing what you can for yourself, the diet and exercise, then if you take a, a statin, you can take a low-dose statin. So there's a lot fewer side effects with a low dose than, than a high dose. So all of these things kind of work together <clears throat> synergistically. Uh, but you have to participate. You can't just go in here and say, here, Doc, fix me, because Doc can't fix you. Docs oftentimes can't fix themselves. Yeah, I've seen that, too. I don't really like going to a doctor who doesn't look that good. <laughs> it, it, it does make me nervous, I have to be honest. Clarence, let's talk again. Uh, another thing that crops up is, uh, you know, as men get older, diabetes, problems with the sugar. Now, again, you bring in diabetes, you're inviting potentially erectile dysfunction problems along with high the blood pressure. Diabetes has and, just horrendous yeah. effects down the line, blindness, amputations. People just don't realize what a what a hideous disease no, it, it is. Really is. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. it again, what, the reason I'm bringing up genetics, these things run on both sides of my family, the high mm. blood pressure, the mm. cholesterol, and the diabetes. Mm-hmm. Been able to keep all of it at bay, mm. thank God. But it is something that I worry about. Now, Clarence, uh, supplements. Uh, you know, I know there's no, 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 Stop with the diabetes here for a second. What you do for the blood pressure is basically the same thing that you do for your for the diabetes. But of course, with a little bigger focus on on diet, and so you can control your blood sugar level with your with diet, and then exercise helps because exercise allows you allows your muscles to absorb and use glucose, blood sugar, without insulin. So all of these things work together. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing what you can do for yourself in b- both of these areas, the blood, blood pressure and the, the diabetes. And it's very important that you pay attention to that. That's why you ought to be going, getting a physical exam every year and be checked. And when things start getting a little, little out of whack, you can do something to, to counter it. Okay. Uh, uh, Clarence, let's move on to uh, supplements for a second. Uh, uh, John just uh, alluded to that. In your book, you uh, uh, kind of frown on protein supplements. Um, no, I didn't. I, I just don't I, don't. I don't think I mentioned supplements one time in, in the whole book. Oh, oh I, I thought I'd read somewhere where you, where you said uh, protein. High protein. High protein. Too high a protein. That's, oh, it, too high too a protein. Pro- a, a high-protein diet, low-carb, that's what you read, because I, I said the same thing at first. And Clarence feels that the, the too high of a protein diet is not, cor- not good. Oh, Correct, Clarence? Okay. All right. I misunderstood then. You, you can, you can only, your body can only use so much protein, mm-hmm. and piling it on does not help because then it throws your whole, your whole diet out of balance. Mm-hmm. Is there a conversion? You, you, just, you, you just get so so much pressure in the in the bodybuilding magazines for protein because that's what they, they well that they can sell it's hard to make money like i try to make money by selling advice <laughs> people, people well, don't pay for that so well, much in the magazine i understand that and i had read from uh professional bodybuilders who said that use one gram per body weight pound one gram of protein per body weight pound 
Is that is that the correct ratio? I don't think so. What, what, would, you, you what would you recommend? Half of that, Clarence? I don't think you need to worry about that. What you should be focusing on is getting some high-quality protein with each meal. Okay. High-quality protein is generally an animal protein. could be from milk. could be from eggs. It could be from fish. That's where I get most of my, my protein, but I try to get some high-quality protein and some good fat in each meal. Mm-hmm. So that takes care of, of a lot of things. It takes care of your protein intake. <clears throat> it also takes care of your blood sugar. It takes care of keeping you, keeping your blood sugar on an even keel so you don't come into any meal ravenously hungry. And there's just so many wonderful benefits from, from, the, from the balanced diet. Well, how do you feel about uh, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, uh, leaning more toward that in your diet than necessarily uh, fish, poultry, or uh, beef because of the chemicals that are used in the animals today, the uh, growth hormones and so on? I think the core of your, and in fact, I've just written an article about this for for our next update, which will be September 1. The, the base of your diet should be vegetables, fruits, whole grains. Okay. That should be the bulk of the diet. Right. That's what I, that's and then what it's I the felt. protein and the good fat that's added mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if one, how would you feel about if, if, if a person were to cut back on uh, the use of, uh, you know, uh, beef and uh, poultry and fish and cut back on that and rather added uh, protein powders? In, in as a substitute, or more of that in, in the meal? What would you think? I think that would be a bad idea. I think mm-hmm. it's always better to get it from the whole food than from a supplement. Yes. The, the, mm-hmm. the supplement doesn't have everything that the, that the whole food does, doesn't have everything that's in fish. Mm-hmm. We probably don't know how to create everything that's in fish. It just... It's it's just it's a drain on your on your pocketbook, and I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk water then. Now, when we were all growing up, uh, and I remember specifically, water made you weak. You're playing football; it's hot. They go for water. No, you weren't allowed to have water. Now, wow, they oh, you didn't have that? My God, no. now they can't get enough of it down the kids' throats. They're having water breaks every ten minutes. Mm. Clarence, what is it? I mean. Is the eight glasses, eight ounces a day, or, you know, that combo the right one? I try to drink about half my body weight or so. I try to get 115, 120, you know, ounces of water in me a day. I drink a lot of water. That's a lot. I, I'm constantly just drinking water. Mm. But is it too much, Clarence, or is there a number we should shoot for? Well, I don't think about that either. Okay, <laughs> I, I like I, it. I You're simplifying for us. I, I drink, you know... Uh, when I get up in the morning, you know, I drink a couple of glasses of water, and I mm-hmm. think water makes your whole body function mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, and if your your diet is built around whole grains, fruits, and vegetables, those foods are mainly water, so you're getting water there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you shouldn't neglect water, but I don't count it to, or think I need to just so keep, myself, keep myself yeah. up a wash in water. I don't think that's necessary. Hmm. And if you and you, there, is, there can be some some downside from drinking too much water. Uh, it, it actually, I'm not to forget which 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 uh, substance it is. Whether it's it's uh, 
I don't know what it is, but if, if you can wash it out of your body and have negative effects. No, the minerals. You can, yeah, you can wash right, out you, the minerals and so forth. You can Magnesium. Drink so much water that yeah, you, can, you can kill yourself with water. Yeah, a person did that recently on a yeah, radio game fun. show. Wow. <laughs> I read something, Clarence, not too long ago that said if you look at your urine and it is about the color of, let's say, uh, lemonade, all right, it, it, then you're okay. If it's real uh, dark, very dark, then there's a lot of toxins in your system that need to be flushed out. But if it's kind of like just a yellowish, lemony uh, color, that you're, that you're all right. If it's just a water, looks like water, then you're drinking too much water. Is that, do you agree, or you, you don't pay that much attention to it? <laughs> he's got it down. He's, he's making me feel better. Your analysis and, and yeah. I mean, sure. he's making me feel better about it all. It's like I don't have to worry. You know, I can kind of just take an easier approach to it. I think we should re-identify our guest here, uh, who was an author of Take Charge, Fitness at the Edge of Science, uh, Clarence Bass. And uh, it's an awesome book, and you can find it on Amazon.com under C Bass, B-A-S-S dot Amazon. Is that correct? Clarence? It is. The book is doing amazingly well. We expected the sales to kind of taper off, but they seem to be going up. Wow. So we're, we're just holding our breath to hope that's going to keep going on. Good for There's you. just some, been some dynamite reviews on Amazon, and they just we just got word there was another one added just, just, just I think, yesterday. So well, we're having, so much. having a lot of fun keeping up with it. Well, you're wonder, so insp- wonderful substantive reviews. Yeah, well, you're so inspirational because the picture of you on the back cover is just awesome. I mean, if you were to compete looking like that again, uh, you'd blow everybody away on the stage. It's people <laughs> like us. It's the older people now that are bringing these kind of books yeah. into the mainstream. Well, it proves that age doesn't... I don't believe in age. No, neither do I. I, I. just don't. I Clarence mean, When you asked my age, I was a little reluctant to say Why? It. Because people treat you differently. All of a sudden, they talk loud to you, talk to you like you're a baby. Like, come on. I looked at you the same way I looked at you the first day I met <laughs> you. I'm I saying, look at older guy, got himself in shape. You're listening to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. He has written the book, Fitness at the Edge of Science. The Swap Shop Man, Ron McNeil, is sitting in with us. We'll be back in a few months. When some of the biggest stars in entertainment stop by on WCHE, they sit down and chat with me, Bryn McHenry, on The Bryn Project, like E! News anchor Juliana Rancic. Everyone's been on this journey with us for so long that everyone can share in the joy of him. ABC family actress Allie Gonino. I didn't want to be known for one and not the other. Actually, I'd rather be known as a musician. Dancing with the Stars All-Stars winner and mom, Melissa Rycroft. Being two, she has become her own little person, as opposed to her being a newborn when she relied on me for everything. Dancing of the Stars pro dancer, Karina Smirnoff. I get to act every single dance without using words. Plus, the latest in health tips. Joy for men is a lot worse than it is for social women. Fashion advice. You don't have to use every single track. And entertainment from stars like the host of Entertainment Tonight, Nancy O'Dell. Barbara Walters, Angelina Jolie. There's never a lack of entertainment news. That's The Bryn Project every Wednesday at 12.15 and Saturday at 12.15 right here on WCAG 1520. What do I want? I want to be seen faster. I want to spend as little time in the waiting room as possible. Less waiting? More taking care of me. At Brandywine Hospital, you'll find a 30 minutes or less ER service pledge. 30 minutes or less? You can even find our average ER wait time online or with your mobile device. Don't wait when you need care fast. 
Turn to Brandywine Hospital. Learn more at brandywinehospital.com. Hi, I'm Karina Smirnoff from Dancing with the Stars, and you're listening to WCHE 1520. Welcome back to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, i got two great guests in the studio with me. First, Clarence Bass. He has written the book, Fitness at the Edge of Science. Uh, Ron McNeil, Mr. Swap Stop himself, he and Mr. Bass are both in the 70 category. They are bodybuilders throughout the last probably 50, 60 years of their lives. I fall in at 45, been doing it for about 25 years. And we're talking men over 40s health. Clarence, before we took a break, I want to, I want to say one yeah, more thing please. before we go on. Ron has a tremendously young voice, vibrant <laughs> voice. He could be any age. Excellent. So, I mean, that's it's I'm, very I'm, impressive. I'll be honest with you, Clarence. I feel, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I feel about 25 years old. That's excellent. Uh, well, you probably are 25 years I, old. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't believe in the, uh, the, the what do they call it, uh, the cl- the Kind of like a limitation on yourself? No, or age, the bi- or? there's a biological age. Oh, bio- oh, oh, and the clinical age. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah, want to call yeah, it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I believe in the way I feel. So you it. started the swap shop when you were 15? <laughs> Your has been around a no, long no, no, time. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, but I, no. It, uh, well, Clarence, well, let me, let, let's, let's start this for a second. Okay. Clarence. What made you get into bodybuilding? What made you pick up your first set of uh, barbells and dumbbells? I know, I'm asking, I know it's a loaded When I was in the fifth grade, my my dad, who was a medical doctor, brought home a a barbell set, and I wanted to get strong, and pretty soon I was using, he he stopped using the barbell, but I was using it, and and I never stopped. There Mm -hmm. you go. Mm -hmm. Ron? Yeah, I started, I think I actually got my first set of weights when I was around, I'm going to say about 25 years old. And uh, on and off, you know, yeah. sporadically, no, no, no regimen, no system, no nothing. Then it wasn't until years, years later, till I was really kind of like in my 40s, when I really went back to it seriously, on a regimen, on a schedule, and then began working out. And I, d- I didn't enter my first competition until I was 69. Wow. Yeah, and I took first place. And uh, that was a, a Philadelphia thing. Uh, was a, uh, in my age for my age. I, you know, in my age. That's excellent. I, yeah, I, I competed in. And the that, that's a wonderful thing to happen at sixty-nine, right when everybody else is getting ready to go yeah. off the cliff. Yeah, well, you're my... getting this <laughs> tremendous lift and find out you can do do something wow. for yourself, and it really does work. And that that just sounded like that was a wonderful milestone in your life. Well, it was my son who uh, encouraged me because he just had a natural build. And uh, when he was 14 years old playing football, he looked like a bodybuilder. By the time he was uh, 18, I entered him in Philadelphia in the Mr. Teenage okay. uh, Bodybuilding. He won. He took first place in Philly in that. That was his first time out. He looked absolutely awesome. And he encouraged me to compete because I had been training him. I had been working with him, and I said, Ronnie, I started him at 13 years old. And I said, do exactly as I tell you, no more, no less, and you'll never get hurt. And he never did. He never did get hurt. He paid attention to everything I said. I, on the other hand, uh, got hurt. Okay, so anyway. What's interesting about this is we're talking about, you know, uh, picking up our first set of weights and training through Mm -hmm. our lives. Weight training is a thing that you can do cross-generations. 
you can work out with your father. You can work yeah. out with your yeah. brother. Sure, you can your work spouse, out. You can, it, yeah. There's a whole. Yeah. Y- you can be there together. You're yeah. spotting each other. Mm-hmm. It's a great environment. Yeah. Now I walk around with a stopwatch, mm-hmm. and I constantly am clicking my you know my 45, 60 seconds between sets. I like it that way. It cuts down on conversation with people. Mm-hmm. I've learned that. I want to keep moving at a pace. But the environment, I don't think. And, 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 Clarence, I'm not sure. Do you have a home gym? Boy, do I. Okay, you've got the home gym. I need to be in an environment, though, where there's people. Even though I'm not talking to them, I still need to be around people when I'm working out to feel some sort of rush around me. But Clarence is opposite. Some people do. Some people need that. Clarence is opposite. Clarence, I'm going to run through a list here of supplements, and I just want your take on them, okay? So let's talk like a multivitamin. What do you feel about a good multivitamin? Uh, Base of what we need? I think that's a good idea. That's the... Probably the one thing everybody should take, but it should be low dose. Okay. Big doses you're, may cause more problems than they than they cause benefits. But there's there's the low dose products you can just go down to Walgreens or uh, Whole Foods. And there's they're everywhere, but it doesn't need to be anything fancy. You want the whole everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now again, some of the stuff coming up I've picked personally because. It's getting a lot of press, and there's a lot of things being said about it. And this one coming up is definitely fits in that mold. Vitamin D. We're hearing more and more about how important vitamin D is to the body. We don't get as much sunlight as we used to because of uh, skin cancer and so forth. They can measure your vitamin D levels inside your system. Clarence, what do you think? Good amount of vitamin D? We need to have it? Vitamin vitamin D is important, but you should be able to get it in a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. When I go to the Cooper Clinic for my annual exam, one thing that they measure in the blood test is my vitamin D, and it's perfect. So, mm-hmm. uh, but go. if you're eating a balanced diet, you're getting plenty of fruits, vegetables, mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. grains, mm-hmm. proper protein, proper meat. It's almost very unlikely you're going to be low and vitamin D, but it's a good thing to check on. Let me ask one question as long as we're on the subject of that. How do you feel about a breakfast? Uh, Big breakfast, small breakfast, no breakfast? I think breakfast is tremendously important. Uh I I write about a study in the book about where people, this is an experiment, it might have been in Israel, I don't remember where it was, but they had these people eating the same, same number of calories but they had one eat a a, a, a low-calorie, uh, low-carb breakfast. The other one ate, eating a full, uh, I think one of them was 300 calories, the other one was 600 calories. But otherwise, the, the total calories were the same. And over about, I think this test went on for, I don't know, 12 weeks. And during the first six weeks, everybody lost. They all lost... Uh, let's say it was 30 pounds. But but the next six weeks is what told the tale, because the people were, that were skimping on breakfast, they gained most of their weight back. And the others who kept eating the good breakfast, they went on mm-hmm. and lost more weight. So at the end of the experiment, it turns out that the people eating the breakfast uh, lost 45 pounds, and I think the people that, that skimped on the breakfast lost 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. So after a while, this... It's important to have this nice, satisfying meal mm-hmm. to get you started, get you off on an even keel. That way you keep your blood sugar, keep your hunger under control during the course of the day. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm very big on a big breakfast. There should be some good protein, not not, not protein powder, but I actually have a an egg and, and sardines, which may sound awful, but actually it's a pretty good combination for breakfast along with my uh, whole grains and fruit and vegetable. Well, Clarence, and, you hit and, it. You hit on the mark. <laughs> you hit on the mark. My brother uh, eats what you suggested. He eats the uh, the uh, sardines with the eggs. <laughs> mm. So he's getting his omega. Oh yeah, yeah. My brother's the one to turn me on the Clarence. The omega three is very important. Yes, I think very important. Well, that's yeah. the next one we're going yeah. to fish oils. Now we're hearing more and more about fish oils, cardiovascular health, uh, lowering of your cholesterol, blood flow. What's the consensus on fish oils, Clarence? Well, I was a pretty big proponent of fish oil for a long time, and I went to the Cooper Clinic, and my my uh, HDL, the good cholesterol, was skyrocketed up into the 70s. But recently, there was an experiment that, that showed that adding the, the fish oil to an otherwise balanced diet didn't help much. So I just dropped the the, the fish oil and just focus on eating the fish and my I just got a, a blood test here just last week and my HDL is 83. Wow. So I think again that it would be better to get the, your your omega-3 from from whole foods and not from the fish oil. For some reason you're allergic to, to fish or something then I think yes the fish oil. Well I take I take uh, it's recommended the bottle that I have it says take four capsules I take one uh, one in the morning because I feel like you do. I get my other from the diet, uh, so I I feel that uh, the one capsule for me is good. I make use of supplements, and this is me because I am on the go a lot. Uh, my meals are, are are protein or or complex carbs, but I am on the go, and I like to make sure I'm filling in the gaps. And the stuff I'm naming is actually some of the stuff I use. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I'm throwing it out there. Now, Clarence, um, again, another one we're hearing more and more about, CoQ10. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, helping with cardiovascular, uh, blood pressure, uh, cholesterol. Is CoQ10 something that, the, that we should look at? Well, the, the, my doctor recommends taking that if you're taking a statin. Yep. And so I think if you're taking a statin, it would be a good idea. Otherwise, I'm not clear about whether it's necessary. How about the niacin? Again, more and more coming out about niacin and helping raise good cholesterol. Uh, well, there's also some negatives of, on that. I forget exactly what they are, but I think that you know you can control this by just a balanced diet. I don't think you mm-hmm. need supplements. There you go. See, you get the balanced diet, and he looks great. And he does. I he mean, looks look great. At a picture of him in the book, and that's <laughs> awesome. It, and I think that's what we have to see more of. We have to have people writing and telling saying you can achieve good health, mm-hmm. if not maximum health, mm-hmm. through just eating a proper diet. Well, see, I'm exercise. lucky. My, uh, Clarence, my wife is from the Mediterranean, so I I pretty much uh, uh, live on a Mediterranean diet. Mediterranean <laughs> diet is the best diet. Yeah, no kind of like it. a daily basis. So I, I have that advantage, a very, very distinct advantage. You guys got it down. You listen to Life on Adam, your host, John Aberly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. We are talking... Health. He has written the book Fitness at the Edge of Science. My guest co-host is Ron McNeil, Mr. Swap Shop himself. We'll be back in a few moments. Fabulous food. 
fun, and family activities. The East Gosham Township Farmer's Market has it all. Now it's open for the season. It's one of the area's largest outdoor markets and is open every Thursday from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. in the beautiful East Gosham Township Park. Sample a variety of offerings from over 30 local vendors, including Waffletopia, Cakes and Candies by Mary Ellen, Big Sky Breads, Golden Valley Farms Coffee, and Carmen Bees Honey, plus fresh fruits and vegetables from over five local sustainable farms. And the kids can play in the park's playground. East Gosham Township proudly sponsors the Farmer's Market as a place to meet your friends and neighbors, as well as the local producers and artisans. And did I mention they're now open for the entire season? The park is located on Paoli Pike, just south of Route 352. So mark your calendars for every Thursday afternoon, all summer long, for the East Gosham Township Farmer's Market. At Penn State, we don't just show up for the big games or leave when the clock runs out. This is our team on the field and in the stands. Are you with us? For tickets, call 1-800-NITTANY. Every child should live life free from sexual abuse. Vision of Hope Fund, a project of the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape, invests in solutions that protect all children. Find out how you can help. Log on to www.visionofhopefund.org. Hi, I'm Holly Robinson-Pete, and you're listening to WCHE 1520 AM Radio. Welcome back to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. He has written the book, Fitness at the Edge of Science. Clarence, can you tell us where, again, we can get a copy of the book and your website? Because you've got so many tremendous things on your website. Uh, go to Amazon.com. is probably the simplest way. Just click on books and type in Take Charge, and the by Clarence Bass will come up by itself. Uh, or they can go to our website, cbass.com, and they can call us or email us or fax us. Well, I'm going to get in a couple of things here. Ron's looking something up, and know he wants to ask you. But I, I have to get into this aspect now. Now, we always hear about uh, testosterone, steroids being used within bodybuilding and so forth. But testosterone is very important to a man's health, his overall health, as well as women to some extent. Now... With today's science, and that's what the book is called, Fitness at the Edge of Science, there is hormone replacement therapy for men, testosterone replacement. You can do it through injections. You can do it through a gel. Uh, these are not anabolic steroids. They're supposed to be synthetic versions of actual testosterone. Now, Clarence, is this something that you think men should take a look at as we get older to supplement what our body is, is losing? Well, testosterone certainly is important to a man's health, as you say, a woman, to a certain extent. But I don't think they know for sure just what the proper range over age is. Uh, and I, don't, I also think they don't know the long-term benefits of, of testosterone supplementation. And I've had, I do not take it. I've had excellent results simply from from lifestyle diet mm-hmm. good exercise strength training and endurance training mm-hmm. and my testosterone is just fine i get it checked every time i go to the cooper clinic uh, 
And I think that what should be guarded against is people thinking that, yeah, that's the shortcut. I can just go on with my not-so-hot lifestyle, and I'll just take testosterone and everything will be hunky-dory. And I don't think that's a good approach. Uh, you see these ads and uh, the pictures of the doctors uh, taking the testosterone, and they're wonderful pictures. In fact, I know that main doctor. He's a great guy. Um, and I kind of kid him that, that you're, you're, you and I are the same age. You're doing great. But I'm doing just as great, and I'm not taking any medicine. <laughs> I know exactly. That's why I brought it up. I'm not going to say who the doctor is, but I saw a whole special on him a couple weeks ago. He runs an anti-aging clinic, and it's the truth. If you put him and Clarence next to each other, you, would, you wouldn't believe how good they look. But the one is using the supplementation of human growth hormone and testosterone replacement, whereas mm-hmm. Clarence is telling us he mm-hmm. does not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess, it, I guess it's everyone's body's different. I guess genetically... If, if and of you're, course, yeah. it's not not. Don't forget that it is very expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah. was what he was saying. Supplements are very expensive. But it, it's. It, I guess I look at all of this as uh, genetically we're defective in certain areas. Someone would be high blood pressure, be it cholesterol, be it testosterone, uh, losing it more quickly than the average person. And there are ways to there are genes this. there are genes that work, but there's something called epigenetics which shows that you can affect your, your, what your genes do by lifestyle. And it happens a lot faster than we used to think. You used to think, think it took eons for your, your genetic makeup to, to change. But these new studies are showing that, that a lifestyle, exercise, diet, and things can affect what the genes do. So these bad genes, you can keep them from turning bad and... Uh, everything goes on, so I don't like to to talk too much about genetics because I do think you have have most people have a, a much bit bigger ability to affect what's happening than they think, and they shouldn't think, well, I have these bad genes, woe is me, There's nothing I can do about it. I think for the most part, you can do far more about it than that you than you might think possible. Well, then let's throw. I'm going to throw this to you, Ron. What's that? And then Clarence can follow up on it because you guys are like my fathers here of the bodybuilding <laughs> fitness world, and you're at that age group. Now we're talking about all the benefits that exercise does for the body. We're talking about how it increases blood flow and our muscles and oxygen and nutrients, everything that we, that you, or the three of us describe to. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll count Bryn. She's in mm-hmm. it, too. Well, sure. the four of us. Right. How do you feel mentally? You absolutely, see you absolutely yeah. earlier. Oh, uh, what do you feel a difference? I feel sharper. Through working I'm, out. My memory, my everything, uh, acuity. I, I just have a greater acuity of almost anything and everything. Uh, I, I don't become depressed uh, as when I was not working out mm-hmm. in those years and that lull when you're making social changes in your life and whatnot, divorce and so yep. on and so forth. Uh, I, I think, I don't know what it does to the body, but he was talking about genes. I don't know what's happening inside the body. I do know the cells are highly intelligent, and I know they respond to your attitude and to uh, your mental condition at the time. And I think the more you take care of your body, the better the body takes care of you. I don't know if that makes sense. Makes complete sense. You, know you, you can weather a storm, so to speak, if you've been taking care of yourself 
if something comes up that happens either mentally or physically or emotionally that's draining you, you're in a better position to weather that storm than the average person is I, who hasn't I, I just think care. you're able to uh, cope with stress yep. a lot better. I agree. Clarence, what do you think now? All these well, what Ron said there is exactly right. One of the big breakthroughs, and there's a whole chapter about it in Take Charge, is the effect of exercise on brain function. Now, people think they should exercise their, uh, their mm-hmm. brain by doing crossword puzzles and so on, and, and, and the research is showing that, that going out and taking a walk or, or running, a regular exercise has much more effect on your brain structure, the, the structure of your brain that allows everything to hook up together. Well, all that clean ex- uh, oxygen in your system, too, as well. That's, that's part of it, but it's much more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's important to use your brain, too, but this this builds the superstructure. There's there's a section in the book where this doctor talks about putting uh, four letters, I can't remember what it is, but and looking at a, uh, at a cell in, in, the, in, 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 a, in a Petri dish, and they put this substance on. It's terrible. I can't remember what the name of it is. That's one where I'm <laughs> okay. in trouble. But right. just right before his very eyes, he saw all of these tendrils, all of these structures developing in this cell wow. right there from putting this. Wow. And, the chemical that's really read the chapter yeah. in the book about mm-hmm. brain function. Okay. Well, let's well let me hit up with this now. The the three should of us talking. Yeah, you should have wrote that one. <laughs> well, here's one here. Let now how about this? Uh, let's just go on a basic level. Let's take it out of the context of being a teenager or a young man, because you know you want to be the cock of the walk, so to speak, in what you're doing at the time. Now, whereas we get older, the confidence that you feel within yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you are in shape. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Doug. Oh, absolutely. Ron, tell me how you feel. I, I feel highly confident in almost anything and everything I do. Uh, and uh, rarely do I feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. by anything that I can't figure out and do. do. I, I just don't feel there's anything I can't do. Because you're doing something positive or taking control of your life in the sense of working out, mm-hmm. eating right. It's a cornerstone. See, it's, really, after that, you can do anything. You know, it's almost like an addiction. After, yes, it over is. Over the years, you become, uh, I don't know what happens. There is some sort of a uh, chemical in the system that kicks in. I know that, giving you somewhat of a high. Endorphins. Uh, endorphins. Uh, but if I don't go to the gym, and I go every day, I go every day, uh, there are times when I'll just take the day off for the heck of it and watch a ball game or something. But if I don't go over less three, three or four days, I start to feel fatigued. Yep. I start to feel mentally f- fatigued, physically fatigued, and then I start to get anxious. I want to get back exactly. in the gym. I want to. I want to. I, I want to move. I want to move. I want to do something. I want to start pressing weights. I want to. I want to work out. So I feel when I leave the gym, I feel great. I just feel great. Accomplish something, even Absolutely. at the worst or the lowest of yeah. your day, mm. or in a time period of your life. I can yeah. say this from experience: if I'm able to get to the gym and get my workout in, I feel a strength and a confidence when I leave. Clarence, how about yourself? All of these years. Of living this lifestyle, is this giving you that day in and day out confidence in yourself? This substance I'm talking about is called BDNF, and it's, it's, they call it the Miracle Grow for the Brain. Oh, okay. You, you just wrote that down. BDMF. Section. Okay. What you say is exactly true, and there's also another study in there showing that walking helps your your body 
clean out the debris in your cells mm-hmm. all over your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I walk, I think about here, I'm cleaning, cleaning out the cells in my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did an experiment on rats where they were, there's this process where uh, your body kind of encapsulates the debris and then it absorbs them. And they did a study on rats where they were able to make these these uh, little cubicles <laughs> uh, light up, and and then they put put the rats in a in a running wheel, and these things started to light up all over their body. So we're finding out science is, is discovering things that explain why what Ron says is true. Yeah. So you, and it's not just since Ron says it, but we can prove it in the laboratory. <laughs> See, there you go. And it's, this is why <laughs> I wanted support. the roundtable discussion yeah, today, fun. or I, half the I table discussion this. today. Uh-huh. And Bryn, I'm glad you were involved in it. Bryn's coming in now, chiming yes, in. Thank sorry. you. Clarence, I, real quick. Be, I'm sorry. Bryn, go ahead. I was going to say, I couldn't really chime in too much. Keep going. <laughs> keep going, Bryn. Clarence right. says keep going. All right. Clarence, one last time before I roll into the end here, please give us where we can find the book, which is called Fitness at the Edge of Science, and your website. Go to Amazon and type in Take Charge, or go to our website, cbass.com, and it'll tell you how to order the book. Excellent. Gentlemen, my producer, Bryn, thank you for coming on no, the show my today. My pleasure. I love, I love it. Clarence Bass was my guest. He has written the book again, Fitness at the Edge of Science. You can find it on Amazon.com. Ron McNeil, Mr. Swap Shop, and Self Sad, and with me first time we've done a show. That's great. Long time. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Clarence, thank you again. I will talk to you this week and get a copy to you. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks thank a you, lot, Clarence. Clarence. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.